Welcome into the 49er Access Podcast. My name is Sterling Bennett, and if you're listening to me or watching me right now, I'm probably standing in 117 degree weather in Arizona, uh, going to a one of my best friends' first, or their child's first birthday. So happy birthday, Olivia! And we're going to celebrate you today by discussing players to watch. And the San Francisco 49ers take on the Los Angeles Chargers at Levi Stadium on Friday evening, Friday night, again in Santa Clara at Levi Stadium. And I think, let's just get there, you know, the elephant in the room addressed. Um, if there's a player to watch, it's certainly Trey Lance. <laughs> um, the fact of the matter is, is, is Trey Lance going to show up? Is he going to... Uh, be in uniform, be in jersey come Friday night. I know for Trey, uh, you have to balance being professional and also understanding where your current situation sits, right? Um, I would not blame Trey Lance. If I was Trey Lance, I wouldn't show up. I would say, no, trade me. Um, put me somewhere else where I can actually show my skill off and maybe grow as a player, whether it's Washington or Denver or New Orleans or Minnesota, wherever that might be, um, get me there now I don't want to sit around and wait um, to you know see if Darnold and Purdy happen to go down during the year due to injury. I'd rather get to my next destination and see if my contract will play out there as well. So uh, interesting to see if Trey actually shows up. Um, I know Kyle Shanahan said today that um, he expects Trey Lance to be there. He's hoping and planning that it'll be Purdy, then Darnold, then Trey Lance to round out the game on Friday night, but um, I would not blame Trey Lance if he chooses not to show up. Um, the way they handled this whole thing today, uh, it's really awkward. It's kind of poor by the Niners. Um, Shanahan said he talked to Trey Lance this morning, that being Wednesday morning, um, and told him, hey, you have not received or not won the quarterback two job. That's going to Sam Darnold. Uh, they had a long, I'm sure, personal conversation as to why and, and how it happened and what went down. But then he sends Trey Lance home. Okay, first, by doing that, you are already sending out alerts to the media of, like, Trey Lance isn't at practice. Okay, why? Is it an injury? Like, you open up speculation. Um, and then the news leaks of, here's why Trey Lance isn't at practice today. Um, and you kind of sit back and go, okay, like, are, are they going to address this? Then Fred Warner and Javon Hargrave are sent out to the media post-practice to talk. And then Kyle Shanahan's interview is a pre-recorded interview with KNBR, which I work in radio. I get how that stuff works. It was obviously, you know, in a pinch, hey, we'll do it here for 15 minutes and say goodbye because I can't do it when you want me to do it at your time slot. Um, so I don't blame Shanahan for that. But what I do blame Shanahan for is the fact that you lied to the media the day beforehand, which, okay, like, coaches allow the time. But two, it's very clear they wanted this to be a whisper in the wind. No one hears it, right? The fact that they wanted to wait this thing out after Friday's game against the Chargers where the media isn't there every single day during practice. Uh, hope to name Trey Lance or even trade Trey Lance uh, if, if you're not going to name him quarterback three. But if they are going to keep him and name him quarterback three, I think the hope was that they can do that next week. No media there. Um, not going to be questioned as to why Trey didn't get it or what's going to happen now with him and kind of give them a chance to make roster cuts or roster moves in peace. Um, that got leaked out, and your first reaction isn't to go into panic mode, which is good, but instead of going in 
not going into panic mode, it goes into kind of, you know, this laid-back, lackadaisical, like this doesn't matter. And the fact is, this does matter big time to the fans. And even Trey Lance, for the fact that, you know, you invested so much in him to not be up front with the media and talk about this face-to-face. The next time we're going to hear from Kyle Shanahan is after the game on Friday, I I believe. So um, it's going to be interesting to see if Trey Lance shows up. Um, I wouldn't do so. If he does show up, though... Uh, I want to see Trey Lance play like he has a vendetta. Uh, it's very easy to kind of get yourself down and, you know, hang your head. And he would have every right to do that, but you want to see as a young player him come back and fight back. And, um, you know, whether it's to showcase himself to other teams or whether it's to prove Kyle Shanahan wrong in this game, come out and outplay Sam Darnold. Come out and outplay Brock Purdy. Um, there is some pressure on you now, Trey. Uh, there, there already was. Now it's even more of the fact that you may not be quarterback three here uh, if things progress as they're currently going and this team wants to indeed trade you. Um, if it is a showcase, go showcase for the Vikings, the, the Broncos, the Saints, uh, the, the Commanders. Go out there and show them why they should invest in you. Um, if, they, if, if the Niners want to trade Trey Lance and wash their hands of you know this situation they put themselves in, Okay, that's fine, but from the personal side of things, Trey Lance deserves much better than, you know, being told you're quarterback three. Give him the opportunity to go somewhere else and prove himself, and I hope Trey, if he shows up on Friday night, um, you know, be a good teammate, show your guys some love, even if you aren't going to play, but um, if he is going to play, go out there and show them why they're making a mistake. Go out there and prove, and, and, and kind of, like, you think the crowd cheered for Trey Loud against Denver. Uh, imagine the boos for Darnold on Friday and the cheers Trey is going to get if he does play on Friday. It is going to be a resounding difference. Um, I would not doubt in my mind if there isn't a, you know, you know, put Trey in chant when Darnold's out there or just constant booing and jeering uh, towards the head coach. And if Trey's out there, I, I wouldn't doubt there's a, a constant ar- ar- arousing you know, cheers and applause for him, even if he plays poorly. But the fact is, you have to go out there and perform well. Uh, for Trey, you know, I, I want to see him let it rip. I want to see him be guns a-blazing out there. But um, it's not just about Trey. It's about Sam Darnold as well. And you are now this team's quarterback number two. Um, really, for Sam, it's just more about, you know, what he's been lacking has been pocket presence, um, you can tell when things get a little shaky, he starts to get rattled a little bit. Uh, you want to see that improved. You want to see that you know, he's not forcing passes here or there. Uh, despite him playing well the past two weeks and kind of really good against Denver, there have been certain plays where you know he's got receivers not open, covered by a DB, and he's still forcing passes to them. You obviously want to have that cleaned up because his biggest knock, his biggest detractors, have been pointing to the turnover ratio for him, which it's not good historically. Uh, so you want to see, you know, if you're going to be this team's quarterback too, uh, how can you clean that up? How can you make the fan base who is angry and pissed off, or at least a, a large portion of them are, and looking for answers, uh, Sam Darnold can kind of calm that down. If he goes out there and plays well, you know, and kind of just, you know, if he's 6 for 8 or if he's, you know, 10 for 15, 100 yards and a touchdown, you know, people are going to understand, okay, maybe there is something here. 
Uh, and if you combine that with Trey Lance not playing at all or playing poorly, uh, it's going to make fans see that again, or even more so. But if Trey comes out and plays well, uh, it's going to be a pivotal thing for Darnold to play well before he does because it'll kind of it'll set the fan base down and they'll start to start to kind of accept their fate as to, you know, Sam Darnold being this team's quarterback too, but stop forcing passes. Um, I want to see him play within the offense. He's done that pretty well the past two games. I continued that this week. Um, not sure how much the starters are going to play. The plan is for them to play. Uh, not sure who exactly. Is that Kittle? Is that Christian McCaffrey? I would assume Kittle's not going to play due to injury still. He's back at practice, but why risk that being more severe uh, and possibly missing week one? against Pittsburgh. Uh, so I would assume the same starters play as last week against Denver as they do Friday against Los Angeles. But um, I think for for Sam, and even for Purdy as well, like because this team is you know essentially moving off of, or if they don't want to you know, come out and say that, they are essentially opening the door for, if you want Trey Lance, give us your best offer. It's really important for Purdy and Sam to play well, especially Sam, but even for Purdy, um, you know, the last thing you want if you're Kyle Shanahan is your quarterbacks to come out and, and struggle against Los Angeles and then Trey play it really well. Uh, now, that's good for Trey, and, and you know, overall might, might be better for the quarterback room, but uh, the last thing you want is the guy you are admittingly uh, saying isn't really in our plans for the future to come out and outperform your quarterbacks you're, you're putting above my, on, on the depth chart. But for Purdy... Same thing, one drive, I believe, might get to B6 for 8, you know, B8 B for 10, you know, give me 70 yards, give me 50 yards through the air, and just leave the offense efficiently. Um, it doesn't matter to me how much he throws. Just want to see him get comfortable back in that pocket again. Take a few more hits, and kind of similar to last week of, you know, he looked really good last week. Um, can you continue to stack those days? Today at practice being Wednesday, he was perfect. I think he was like 13 for 13 or 19 for 19. He was really good today. Um, you can tell the confidence is building in him, and I hope that carries over into Friday against Los Angeles. A um, couple other players to watch outside of the quarterback room. Uh, there are some guys on the bubble. So this is their last chance to really either make the team or secure their spot on the depth chart in the rotation. Um, the first one is easily Javon Kinlaw, um, someone who didn't play against Denver because of illness, and somebody who has yet to live up to the hype of being a first-round pick. Um, he also, when he plays, is getting kind of shoved around still. So I know he got his body right and kind of changed his his muscle mass and kind of where the, the weight distribution is on his body. But um, right now, there's been no production from him. He looks big. He looks strong. But he's always looked that way. If he does play on Friday, I want to see you know that grittiness, the fire of Javon Kinlaw to just kind of be this star run stuffer for us. Um, I think Larry Kruger said that the, the Denver Broncos had a 6.6 .6 yards per carry against San Francisco. That's without Kinlaw, but if he can step in and be a difference maker here and get that down to 4.2 uh, when he's on the field, that's a big deal for San Francisco. He needs a role. He doesn't have one now. Uh, the depth chart has him as defensive tackle number two. Um, but I can easily see Givens jumping him, and if things go as they are, uh, even seeing guys like T.Y. McGill and Marlon Davidson jumping him as well, if he continues to be sick or does not perform up to par. Uh, another veteran player is Isaiah Oliver. A lot of talk around him. The nickel position's up for grabs. Um, again, not really sure what happened to him. 
Steve Wilkes mentioned that they are open to playing two nickel cornerbacks at the same time. I don't love that, but okay. <laughs> um, and, and yes, having Isaiah Oliver on the bench does give them versatility depending on you know, who they're matched up against. A bigger nickel corner, or, you know, a, a bigger corner a slot receiver, excuse me, um, you can put Oliver out there against him. And for smaller guys, you can put Lenore inside him, inside or Wilmack, however you choose to mix and match guys. So, but for Oliver, it's, it's not a roster spot. It is a, are you going to be a starter or a depth piece? And I think for Oliver, I'm leaning towards depth piece because I think they want Thomas to play outside and, and Lenore play inside. But this is his last game to prove that. Um, we haven't gotten much in practice the past few days, but if he plays well against the Chargers and kind of you know re-ups that confidence he had uh, in the coaching staff earlier in training camp to kind of have him be named starter, uh, this is a big game for him. Um, you have to secure tackles. Like if you're going to play in this this defense, everybody has to tackle. Uh, you'll see around the NFL a lot of young cornerbacks who are smaller bodied arm tackle. Um, when you're when you're missing third and eights on guys who are six yards before the first down marker and you're whiffing and that guy's getting a first down the drive extends and they score, um, that's on you. That happened against Denver for Oliver. Uh, can you clean up your tackling? Can you be a secure tackler? And can you really show this ferociousness necessary to play in this defense? Two other guys swing tackles. Um, there is a rumor going around the NFL that. A lot of top-tier or starting-caliber talent is going to be cut uh, during roster cuts in a week or so. And for Jalen Moore and Matt Pryor, who have not played primarily well throughout the entirety of the offseason uh, and preseason, uh, this is a huge game for them. Neither one of their spots are locked up. Uh, I think San Francisco wants both of them to make the roster, but... I, at this point, I wouldn't trust them. You wouldn't trust them. Uh, I don't think San Francisco trusts them. Um, but for them, it's a huge game to kind of... You may be the best guy on the roster, but it doesn't mean that your spot is safe. And so for them, this is a pivotal uh, game for them. You cannot miss blocks. You cannot miss stunts. Um, you can't be... You can't quit on plays like Matt Pryor has against the Raiders this past you know two weeks or so. Play a full game. Give effort the entirety of the play. Play through the whistle. Um, and I, I want to see these guys, you know, be patient in, you know, where they put their hands and their steps. Don't be over-aggressive uh, in their blocks. Play within the pocket. Uh, for for Moore, uh, Moore's an interesting person because he's only played left tackle in camp. And Pryor's also only played right tackle in camp. I don't know if they're going to flip them around in this game because you usually don't, like... Your swing tackle usually isn't a guy like last year was Brunskill who can play guard and tackle. The year before was McKibbitts. You only usually carry one, then you have a practice squad guy behind them, or someone who can play guard and tackle to give you some versatility. Uh, Feliciano's playing guard and center. Are they going to carry two tackles? They may have to. Right now, I'm not sure if that's on the roster. So, a big game for Moore and Matt Pryor. Another young player, Kalia Davis. Um, I don't think he's making the roster. He's been often too hurt. Um, I do think he'll be a stash player for a second year in a row. Um, he hasn't played in a live-action game, uh, I believe, ever. Uh, so it'll be a huge, uh, if he's out there on Friday, a huge game for him to see how he looks in live-action reps. 
Um, but again, hasn't played much uh, his entire career. Uh, had injuries. He's injured again. Uh, I can easily see him being a stashed player for a second year in a row if he passes through waivers or if he ends up on the pup list to begin the season. He's barely practiced. He hasn't played. Uh, and if you want to play, your best ability your best ability is availability. And Khalid Davis has not been that. Um, then there's Demetrius Flanagan fouls. Uh, Oren Burks getting hurt and not being ready until maybe after week one does change the linebacker room. But I do think that... You know, McCray Ball and Jalen Graham have played so well in Burks' absence that they do, uh, it seems like they want to lean on young, fast linebackers. Um, and I, I'm not sure if Demetrius Flanagan Fowles fits in that group. Uh, D. Winters feels like a stash player for a year, um, but I'm not sure if he's going to pass through waivers, which might make him this year's Tariq Castro Fields, a young player you like. Um, has some skills that you want on your team, but there isn't enough space for him. Uh, I would not be surprised if Winters gets cut and someone like Demetrius Flanagan falls and makes the roster due to special teams alone. Um, I hate that for to lose D. Winters, but he hasn't done much. He's really fast. There's a lot of potential there, uh, but this team is going to need special teamers with Burks and Odom out for Week 1, I believe. Uh, I could see Fowles making the roster, but on the inverse, I can see them saying... You know, a young player like Graham or McCrary Ball can hold that down for a week or so. And let's keep Winters on the team to kind of make sure no one else gets him. So a big game for, for DFF. A big game for all the linebackers, really. Um, we know Warner and Greenlaw are kind of locked in. Brooks is locked in there. So who's that fourth and fifth guy? Uh, I'm leaning McCrary Ball and Graham. And there just might not be enough space for uh, Fowles and D. Winters. Uh, going back to the offense, uh, Ronnie Bell to me has that that fifth or sixth receiver spot locked up. Uh, but two other guys, Chris Conley and Willie Sneed the fourth. What's up with them? Um, it depends on how well Jamison and Bell do at the kick return and special team spots because if they perform poorly, uh, San Francisco might feel the need to have Willie Sneed back there, knowing Danny Gray is hurt currently and going to miss at least week one of the NFL season. And if you can't rely on Bell or Jamison, who Jamison fumbled last week, and, and Ronnie Bell has had a couple balls dropped, turning the picks, and even fumbled himself last week. So uh, you may want someone back there with secure hands, and it needs fair catching and catching the football uh, with no fumbles. Uh, this could be a big game for him to find a role on the roster. Um, but uh, there really isn't much leeway there. You have Debo, you have Ayuk, uh, you have Jennings, you have McLeod, who will go on IR likely after the cuts, and my question is, who's that veteran they want to bring back if Danny Gray isn't healthy come week one against Pittsburgh? My money's on Chris Conley. But again, if Bell and Jamison struggle in returns, uh, I can see them picking Snead over Conley for a week or so. Uh, tight ends. Uh, Cam Latu got bumped up the depth chart uh, this past week. Uh, he's now tight end or tied for tight end number three, big game for him. Had a massive bounce back game against the Denver Broncos last week. Um, this is kind of one of the bigger competitions, right? Of Are you going to have Kittle and Warner and Dwelly in Law 2? Where does Brayden Willis fit in? What about Troy Magali having a great training camp in preseason thus far? Um, I think we're going to have Kittle, Dwelly, Law 2, and Willis. Um, with Willis kind of being that fringe player who's shown a lot of uh, promise. And 
I think could be a bigger impact player in the immediate future over Law 2, but he's young. He might make it through waivers. I can see them stashing him uh, for a year. But I can easily see Law 2 uh, being this team's tight end number two. But when it comes to what he showed last week, but right now it feels like it's more of a kiddle, dwelly, tight end duo with Law 2 and Willis uh, behind them trying to learn and catch up to speed as things progress. Law 2, don't drop the football. You're already making the team, but show us some more out there on Friday against the Chargers. Uh, again, offensive line once again, Leroy Watson. Um, I think he's not going to make this team this year as a swing tackle. Feels more like a another bench role, a depth piece. You, maybe they keep him over someone like a Matt Pryor or Jalen Moore if they can sign somebody else out there. But um, this definitely feels like for Watson, his kind of last chance to be, you know, to show he can be something. Converting from tight end last year, uh, and this being his first year at left tackle or right tackle. Um, behind him, though, still depth issues. Who's this team's backup center? Is it Feliciano? Don't love that. Is it Nick Zakel? Don't love that. Is it Keith Ishmael? I think so. Um, you cannot keep 10 offensive linemen, mind you. I think eight's kind of the max you want to keep. Your five starters and three backups. Maybe a fourth guy hovering here or there off the practice squad. Um, I think Keith Ishmael should make this team. I think you go into the year with Feliciano, Ishmael, um, maybe Jalen Moore, Matt Pryor, pick one, then maybe an Ill Manning here or there. Um, this team needs depth all over the place on the offensive line. It's tough to pick your favorite guy because they've either scouted guys for six years like Zakel and may not want to give up on him, but he's played poorly. Or there's guys like Ill Manning who have played really well or good enough in the first two preseason games who should have been drafted this year but wasn't but maybe they can stash him or feel like they can stash him for a year on the practice squad. So, so much to look at when the offensive line plays. Um, not a lot of great, not a lot of bad, but not, not, not so much good. <laughs> um, so, there's a couple guys there who, again, Watson, Ishmael, Zakel, and even Neil Manning, um, four guys to watch out for on top of Moore and Pryor. It feels like all of these jobs outside of the backup guard, right guard, uh, specifically are kind of open for business can someone step up my money's on more prior Feliciano and a, a Keith Ishmael making the team but Il Manning's right there on the back shoulder saying pick me pick me um and anything can change after Friday's game against the Chargers um we already talked about nickel cornerback but outside of just nickel cornerback room who and what is the depth chart here Moody on the outside Lenore, is he playing outside or playing inside? Uh, Avery Thomas can force San Francisco's hand after Friday with a great game against the Chargers, a good game against the Chargers. If he plays well, that might make them comfortable putting Lenore on the inside uh, and maybe giving Steve Wilkes a little more versatility with Oliver on the bench. Um, personally, when you're paying someone $2.91 million, you want them to start. Um, it stinks that Oliver hasn't made that jump yet or, or hasn't proven himself enough just yet, but if a young player like Thomas or even Womack or Jamison, mind you, come out and play well in manner zone coverage and secure their tackles, uh, and, and really, you know, one issue I've seen with them is the fact that they make one good play and then they have an awful play for a, uh, for a big chunk. Uh, last week against Denver, Ambry Thomas, great coverage on a post route towards the end zone, 
then misses a huge block, and guy goes for 35 yards, almost for a touchdown. Uh, thank you, Jair Brown. Um, that's an issue. Consistency. Issue. Uh, Deshaun Jameson, finish your tackles. Stop flexing. Finish your tackles. Um, Samuel Womack, he's prone to get beat by bigger receivers. Do you trust him on the outside? I don't. Um, so this team does have a size issue. Isaiah Oliver winning that nickel job does make it a little better to kind of swallow, but this team has small corners outside of Ward and Oliver. Who's going to step up and be that physical presence? Uh, my money is on Thomas and Jamison, uh, because Jamison, just, again, every rep is in someone's face, fighting for a ball. He's physical at the spot uh, and point of attack, and I can, I can see him making this roster and also being this team's, you know, fifth, sixth cornerback, but really it depends on, you know, do they want to keep five or six receivers or five or six cornerbacks? Um, right now, my money's on Mooney Ward, uh, Lenore, Oliver, Thomas, Womack, and Jamison making it uh, over a sixth receiver currently, but we'll see. Maybe they feel Jamison gets by waivers or they can trade a Womack or a Thomas, who knows, or even cut uh, Isaiah Oliver or trade him. Like, there are so many moves to make. Um, I would like to keep all of them, but the issue is with guys like Gray and McLeod Hurt, it does make that job a little harder to do, which affects the cornerback room and the receiver room as well. Uh, moving to uh, the safeties, Jair Brown. Um, I came into the year not expecting him to be a starter at any point. That's changed. Um, the way he's played, getting kind of our first glimpse of him in live action, he's played so well. Um, there are still concerns of getting beat over the top with, you know, paired with Hufanga next to him. Can he play smart enough to limit plays up above him and behind him? Uh, but Brown's played really, really well against the run and kind of saving big plays for this team. Uh, the instincts are there, the, the tenacity is there, the willingness to take a risk is there for him. Uh, I, I would not be surprised if he's starting late in the year once he gets reps and kind of continues to soak in what Hufunga and Gibson have to teach him. Um, like, he's, to me, been the best rookie on the field <laughs> of anybody, um, which is kind of crazy to think of. Him and Jalen Graham have shined, and, and Ronnie Bell, mind you, but I think Brown's been the best defensive rookie uh, on the field. Then there's Jake Moody, a kicker. Um, just make your field goals, man. Like, the fan base is sitting here saying, oh my goodness, Trey Lance this and Trey Lance that, and now it's like, we may have a kicker problem still. <laughs> um, but Jake Moody has to come out and make his kicks. The last thing you want is the fan base turning on the head coach because the quarterback stuff or, you know, maybe, you know, being bitter towards Darnold or Purdy because the Lance stuff and then the kicker missing field goals. It's only going to make Shanahan look worse in the media's eyes and the fans' eyes. You botch a first-round pick and Lance... You botched one with Ruben Foster and Solomon Thomas. You botched one with Javon Kinlaw. And now you picked a kicker, the third highest place since 2005. And he's missing kicks. Like, something has to give here for Kyle Shanahan. And I, and I hope the fact that they can get this figured out with, with Jake Moody making kicks and hopefully trading Zane Gonzalez somewhere soon uh, after Friday's game. Uh, the big one, though, uh, I saved it for last for a reason. The defensive end room, Nick Bosa is still not here. Uh, I kind of hinted at maybe Trey Lance being traded, or maybe that like maybe that can free up room for him. Um, he, that's speculation, mind you. But uh, 
Where is Nick Bosa? This room looks way worse without him here. Um, we haven't seen Drake Jackson yet on the field due to injury. He's back at practice this week, so maybe we'll see Drake Jackson for the first time uh, paired with Clellan Farrell and Eric Armstead and Javon Hargrave. That'll be fun to see and kind of give us a glimpse of, you know, what he's been doing and what he can show for us. And if he's playing next to Bosa or opposite him or, you know, in a rotation with Farrell at the opposite end across from Bosa, you know, what can you do this year? But I think, you know, I want to see someone step up not named Alex Barrett and Kerry Hyder. Austin Bryant had been, he's been really good this year in, in training camp and in preseason. I want to see him take that next step above them. Uh, I also want to see someone like Robert Bill Jr. Like, I hate the fact that a lot of this draft class is late-round picks, which makes sense, knowing the Trey Lance situation going on and the comp picks they've had and trading for Christian McCaffrey, but I hate the fact that guys like Winters um, and Beal and Graham uh, and even, you know, someone like a, a Braden Willis, a lot of these guys could be stashed or even gone uh, in, in a week or so where the draft, you know, capital you put into them, albeit not very big, um, they do have potential to be depth pieces or even starters for you at a certain point in their career. I would hate to watch them walk out the door for nothing. But for Beal, first year, uh, hasn't shown much, hasn't practiced or even played that much uh, throughout preseason or training camp. I want to see what he can do uh, really in his first reps uh, during the preseason. I want to see if he can be this you know, D forward light. Uh, he's super raw, but... Can you play quick and play fast and kind of be the spark of energy uh, this defense might need if Nick Bosa isn't on the field come week one? There's so much to kind of look for. Of like, There's a hole here and a hole there. This team is very, very top-heavy, which, okay, like, I'm cool with that if you're playing in the big one come February. But if you're not, um, this team may have to retool things or have to look outside the building for depth because right now the offensive line, the edge room, uh, maybe even the cornerback room is a little thin uh, when you're looking at the depth pieces behind the starters. And if someone goes down, um, this team could be in real trouble. Uh, and so for Nick Bosa to not be here, first off, sign, please. <laughs> please sign. Um, I don't know if him being in New York is telling, you know, if that's a sign of him getting ready to kind of, you know, you know, Put his pen on paper. Uh, not sure about that. His agent's in New York, so we'll see what happens there. But, uh, you know, we're, this is an interesting time for Niner fans. I, I think we kind of got a slap in the face on Wednesday with Trey Lance. Um, the last thing you want, like, all eyes are going to be there on Friday as to how the quarterbacks play, but uh, our eyes shouldn't be just on them. There are so many other issues or potential concerns this team might have. Um, the plan is still to win a Super Bowl, uh, and, and I'm going to let you know that right now we should be the NFC favorite next to Philadelphia. Um, this is our last chance to really get a good glimpse of how our depth looks uh, for a, you know, a, 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 a an increased level of snaps. And so to, to do that, it's a good opportunity to kind of see and kind of you know get a good idea as to where the, the, the team is. Uh, at edge and O-line and cornerback. Uh, but also it's a huge game for many players. Uh, I want to see these guys, these young players, rise to the occasion, um, beat out their veteran counterparts. Like, I get it. Vets are good to have. They provide good depth for a roster. They can you know insulate your position groups. But I want young players that have potential to beat them out. Um, give them room to grow. 
and hopefully can be something in the future or later on this season. Um, but I want to see someone come out and kind of light a spark under this team. It'd be a shame if that was Trey Lance. <laughs> Not only just happened to him today, but we'll see. Uh, I know Niner fans are kind of mourning this quote-unquote loss of Trey Lance in the quarterback two battle, but um, there's 10 other positions on offense and 11 more on defense to watch for on Friday against Los Angeles. Uh, I'll be in Arizona sweating my butt off in the heat. 117 degree weather expected on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Not fun. Uh, I will have plenty of water, mind you, but also sweating uh, a constant <laughs> over the weekend. I hope you enjoyed the game on Friday, though. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this small 30-minute podcast to kind of sneak in there prior to game time on Thursday and Friday against the Chargers for San Francisco. Um, again, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Subscribe on YouTube. Hit the bell notification to know when a, a podcast or video goes up and goes live. If you're listening on the audio version, thank you so much for listening and letting my annoying voice uh, sit in your ears <laughs> for an hour to half an hour almost every single day. I truly appreciate it. Um, again, leave a like, subscribe, leave a review. It helps the show a lot in the ratings and where we stack up against other Niner podcasts. Uh, don't forget to use our promo code 49ersaccess, 49ersaccess at SeatGeek.com and save yourself $20 off your first purchase. Also, down below or up above my head right now, use our link at fanatics.com. Buy yourself some merch and, and support the show. In the meantime, you can follow us on social media at 49ers.access is the Instagram. 49ers underscore access is the Twitter. That's all I have for you today. Enjoy your weekend. Uh, tell me what you're looking for most or looking forward to most on Friday's game. And tell me, who do you think makes the roster? Who do you think gets cut? What is the biggest move that's going to surprise us leaving Friday's game against the Chargers? Tell me down below or tweet me or DM me on Instagram. I want to hear from you. For one last time, my name is Sterling Bennett. This has been the 49er Access Podcast. And until next time, stay faithful. Stay faithful.